0: Welcome to the GUT Podcast on the paper, Association with Brachiospira and Irritable Bowel Syndrome with Diarrhea, published in paper copy in GUT in June 2021. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Digital and Education Editor of GUT and Consultant Gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. And I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Gunnar C. Hansen, Bucin Biology Groups, Department of Medical Biochemistry and Cell Biology, University of Gothenburg, Sweden. Professor Hansen is the senior author on this excellent paper. Professor Hansen, thank you so much for joining me today to do this podcast, especially at this very difficult time in the world, and congratulations once again on your excellent paper. Firstly, could I ask you to explain the background to your study, and why researching this area is so important.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, podcast, and thank you to Gut for publishing our paper. We just first start out by mentioning, uh, especially Karolina Schwabajaba, uh, who did most of the of the work, Brandon Dolan, and also and also Magnus Simrien for their contribution to this uh, to this paper. I just want to start out by explaining this was a truly serendipitous discovery. We have previously worked on uh, and we are still working on mucus in relation to bacteria in the gut. So we could some 10 years ago describe that the luminal bacteria is kept at a distance from from the epithelia by a a mucus layer. In colon you have a two-layer mucus layer system where the inner layer is normally impenetrable to bacteria. But for example, in the disease ulcerative colitis, this inner layer is more penetrable as we have published in two papers previously in Gut, and uh, also recently in a science publication. And this uh, shows that the bacteria has, uh, can come closer and can affect uh, the mucus and how close it comes to, to us. Then, Uh, Here in Gothenburg we have uh, uh, Professor Magnus Emilian, who is a world expert in IBS and several years ago we talked about this and we decided that we should have a look on on the mucus in relation to uh, irritable bowel syndrome and uh, and we started uh, collecting mucus from from, uh, some of these patients. Carolina uh, Fjöberg, who was a PhD student at the time, she's a gastroenterologist and currently she's doing a postdoc at Harvard, uh, she started with this uh, project and she uh, uh, As as I said, collected mucus and then she analyzed the mucus composition by mass spectrometry and proteomics. That means that you are uh, cutting up the proteins in pieces and proteins in pieces and you are uh, then comparing them to to databases. And when she did that, the idea was to look for differences in in the, the host or the human mucus and there were some minor differences but not, not very much but then luckily enough she also uh, did one thing at the, at the end was to compare the proteomic results with uh, databases for, for bacteria and there she got a hit for uh, Bacillus bacteria and so this really cleverly and luckily incident she, she discovered that Bacillus was present in the Uh, quite a few numbers of these patients, and that's how it it all started out. And this led us to the discovery and to this paper. And we had no idea when we started out this, that this should uh, end up in something. So this is really a good example of of, uh, 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 how basic research, without really any intention that we should end up in in, uh, bacteriology, uh, also in a clinical setting, can give you uh, surprising observations, which of course we then furtherly explored in, in, in various ways. And uh, uh, we also could later show then that the Bacchuspera is really uh, s- sitting in or between the Microvilli and have a very special niche which has been uh, lo- worked on a little bit by other people as well. But this kind of uh, uh, serendipitous observation is the background for this paper, which is not so well explained, of course, in, in, in the actual publication.
0: Thank you, Professor. That's very, very clear. And also very interesting how things come about. So what, what are the new findings your study has found?
1: So the main observation is that uh, uh, around one third of the uh, patients with IBS uh, and especially if if they have diarrhea have uh, Bacchospiral bacteria. There are several types of of, uh, uh, Bacchospiral and they seem to be slightly different. Some of them are sitting more in the mucus when others are sitting as I said uh, between the the microvilli and and then they're embedded in, in this microvilli. The important thing is that uh, uh, but you normally don't find sufficient amount of, of uh, bacteria in the phases. So, so doing a 16S sequencing in in, in phases or, or also PCR is normally not detecting the Bacchus BR even if you have it. So you have to take biopsies to, to really uh, observe this and of course once you have the biopsies you you can see that there is bacteria and that is also another pathology way of discovering uh, bacteria but they're very difficult to observe because they are looking very much like microvilli themselves that's extending the microvilli so so you really need to know that and then we have further looked into into what this means, and there is in this patient uh, some inflammation, there is an increase in in, uh, eosinophils, and there is a number of of small things which kind of fits very well to the kind of phenotype you expect from uh, IBS. And of course, when you have a bacteria sitting in the apical membrane like this, you will also have affecting the absorption of of salt and water, And, and that is of course probably the reason why these patients have, most of them have uh, 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 diarrhea as one of their symptoms.
0: Thank you. Uh, Again, that's very, very clear and very interesting, your findings. So, how might it impact on clinical practice in the foreseeable future?
1: I think the most important thing is, of course, like... All medicine has been over the over history is that you, you you have one common diagnosis and then you have to take out sub subgroups of that and, and put them into special groups and and as I said we had around one third of our patient uh, with IBS with which had this bacterium and they should probably be taken out as a special group and, and maybe be called that they have spirocytosis instead of of uh, of uh, IBS. And, uh, uh, of course, the the first thing you think about is how to treat this and to treat them. And, and of course, we did that and uh, uh, the uh, antibiotic of choice is metronidazole. And uh, so we treated four patients with metronidazole, and three of these had reported improvement in their symptoms. And uh, they cleared the bacteria from from the microvilli from the apical surface. But the thing that worried us a lot and stopped us from doing more was that uh, the bacteria had instead located to the crypt and inside the goblet cells and in 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 the mucus, suggesting that the that the antibiotic kind of drove the bacteria to relocate to a new location and. Uh, Maybe it was like, or oh, it is known like that, that in, in the mucus you, you, you don't, limit the diffusion of antibiotics. So it might be that there is less antibiotics and the bacteria could maybe survive there. And uh, this intracellular lifestyle is, of course, not something you want to have. So you really would like to have some better treatment that is not uh, doing that. And this is something that needs to be worked on further.
0: Thank you again. Um, very interesting. And um, clearly, the bacteria are quite clever. How might this study impact on research priorities? Therefore, in the uh, foreseeable future.
1: I mean, this is uh, uh, several things, of course, and and uh, and one one of the important ones, is, of course, we just talked about is the uh, how we should treat these patients, and this is something which uh, my new is. Is continuing with and, and uh, one should, of course, consider not only to use antibiotic, but maybe also combine that with uh, uh, some other therapies like uh, uh, laxatives and and maybe other things. And this is something which needs to be tried out in in such a way that uh, we don't have this get this problem with bacteria that are really surviving in in the. Uh, goblet cells and of course the second thing which also Magnus and Marin is continuing to work with is uh, how frequent this is in, in, in a population of IBS patients and this is something which is ongoing and uh, and uh, uh, we can confirm that there, there is uh, a number of patients uh, with uh, Bacchospira in and which IBS symptoms and uh, the numbers will of course vary a little bit and so that is uh, an ongoing thing the third thing which is kind of uh, closer to i'm uh, although i'm an md i'm i'm also interested in understanding molecular mechanism of disease and and uh, and uh, so one group here uh, with tahir pellaside is working on on how bacteria are attaching and, and residing between the microvilli uh, and how that is working, and they are trying to figure out what kind of mechanism because there is adhesion molecules on the bacteria, and what are the host what are the hosts providing so they uh, can sit there and they have some interesting observation which could be uh, important in in a development of Other types of of therapies, which is uh, uh, that you don't use antibiotics, uh, instead can compete out the bacteria so they don't attach anymore to to their site at at the microvilli. So this is another non-antibiotic alternative and and that is of course a more long-term issue how how that is, is going to work out. So that there's a number of things. So this is not the end of the story. This is more the beginning of trying to define a subset of IBS patients and and how we should handle them and how we should treat them. And and uh, as, as I said before, this is how you have to sort out these kind of complex diseases that has various types of, of uh, backgrounds and... and uh, to develop new type of therapies and relieve the patients from these quite difficult times, sometimes, even if they're not really affecting them so severely. So by that, uh, yes.
0: Well, thank you, Professor Hansen, for doing this podcast today uh, and for, for your time, your excellent answers. And congratulations to yourself and to your team um, uh, members on this fantastic paper being published in Gut really appreciate that and um, you, you helping today for our listeners thank you for joining us today and um, if you want to read the paper and um, the link is just underneath the podcast there and we hope you'll join us next time for the next gut podcast